Okay, testing, testing. We already know we have sound, Lou. Yeah, so. we already know we have sound. That is good. Kick some anus. Yes, Lenny, that is the more appropriate word. I guess I must be, uh, I, I must still be under the influence of my callers yesterday. I'd like to start this podcast off with a, a short story about Lenny and myself. And when I first came to New York, when I was visiting here, uh, Lenny took me to the batting cages, and he tells this story to everybody. I've heard, must have heard the story a million times, okay? But he likes to tell it, and I came up in a conversation on a podcast the other day that I was doing, and it was about Boog Powell. Do you know who that is? I have no idea who that is, but I like his name. I think his name is Boog Powell. Tell me the name of the guy. Anyways... He's a big guy, a big guy, and he's blonde. Apparently, he's blonde, and he's just—he's not. He... Anyway, what came up in conversation is we were talking about Pablo Sandoval and how he's back in San Francisco and he must be in the best shape of his life because he's always in the best shape of his life. And um, it—that was the conversation, and somebody brought up Boog Powell, Boog Powell, and saying that he used to act like he lost 20 pounds before every game. He would be like, uh. I lost 20 pounds every, you know, being bragging about his diet plan or his exercise regimen or whatever it is. And I never really knew much about Boog Powell except for that Lenny said that he was trying to show off to me in the batting cages. But when I got up, I hit like Boog Powell. And I always took it as a compliment and never thought like to even bother looking it up. It must be a good like number three hitter. Right. And come to find out Boog Powell is this huge guy. Anyway, the. The joke is funny. Um, Lenny says that the, the because I as a woman you get a little bit upset, you know, when you hear that you're being compared to like this 250 pound guy, you feel like a big fat. So you know what I mean, Lou? I know what you mean, but with Sandoval, uh, I feel like they always say he's in the best shape of his life, and then he never is. I know. I feel like that's I feel like that's a common theme with Sandoval. He's never he's never actually in shape, but everyone says he's in shape. I just think that, you know what, he plays fine, bigger, he's just a bigger guy, and he, I don't think his shape really has much to do with whether his, his age has more to do with it now than his shape, he can't really get by anymore without keeping in good shape at his age, you know, so, um, to, to, I just find it funny, and I chuckle every time I see it, that he's in the best shape of his life. Has he ever really been that good of a ball player, though? We know he's really good in the postseason, but has he really ever had that good of a regular season before? Like, I'm not sure that I, I even understand why he got that contract from the Red Sox that he got, because when you look at his numbers and what he's pretty much done on the field when he was with the Giants, he was really good in the postseason, but he was never really that good of a uh, first base, sorry, third base production type guy. I, I, I was never sold on him. I remember liking him a long time ago when he hit like 25 homers and almost got 100 RBIs. I um, I remember liking him a lot. And then after that, it was just a, it wasn't good. It was all downhill, really. I thought he was going to steal bases at one point. I, I thought that he was going to start stealing bases. If he got five, he could get 10. You know what I mean? And that was, that was probably the same year that I thought he was going to be hitting a bunch of home runs. But either way, Welcome to Nothing But Fantasy. This show is a show that Phil and I started um, like about last Christmas and Phil moved away. So I've been without any kind of co-host and Lou's always talking baseball. So 
I thought Lou would be a good partner to do the show with. Hopefully we can – it's time to do the show again because everybody's quitting and I'm not going to quit on baseball. I'm just – you know, it, it – People deserve to know what's going on in baseball. That's how I feel. Why do you play baseball all season long and then you're just going to bail out on it to play football? The only people that should be doing that are people that are, you know, losing. And if they're losing, then that's fine. You, you know, whatever. It's football time, so it's it's something else to do. But if you're competing in your league, now all of a sudden, like, Sirius isn't talking about baseball. Nobody's writing. People are going to stop writing about baseball because everybody's obsessed with football. And it's unbelievable how easy fantasy football is so fantasy football to me is like gonna take me maybe 24 hours to get completely ready to draft my team what about you lou yeah i feel the same way but i mean i always say the real diehards andrea can do both at the same time and that's that's my goal I plan on being able to do both at the same time. That's a really nice picture of uh of boo that lenny just put in oh the, that's uh, not bad he's not a big fat so are you a lefty, Andrea? Yes, I am, and that's exactly well, there what, you go. that's what his excuse. You, you know, go. he had a good reasoning. He said the guy was light skin, light hair. He was a good hitter, and he was a left-handed hitter. So, okay, now that I see him, I'm like, that's not horrible. But in my head, he looked like Pablo Sandoval because, okay, that's who came up in conversation around it. And we all chuckled at the fact that Lenny calls me Boog Powell. First, Lenny tried to tell me that there was two Boog Powells. There's two Boog Powells, you know. I'm like. Okay. There isn't two Boog Powells, right? I know I'm not. I don't think so. I, I don't think so, but I didn't know who the first Boog Powell was until a few <laughs> minutes ago. I know. I know. Hey, Donkey. Okay. We're going to just bring up real quickly Johnny Cueto and the fact that when I was doing Shatter today, I came upon Johnny Cueto and the fact that he uh, only made it through like – he was supposed to throw 70 pitches in his rehab, and he only made it through 35 pitches. And I know that, like, while San Francisco is not competing for anything, there's a lot of people that own Johnny Cueto, and they're probably getting really kind of annoyed at Johnny Cueto because he's been pretty much sucking all year long. He goes on the DL with blisters two times. Well, I understand the blisters thing might not even be his fault because that's a whole other topic. But uh, just Johnny Cueto, what do you do as a fantasy guy if you own – Johnny Cueto is it there's only I mean you're down to the wire right Lou you're like ready you got to either go for it or just dump people that aren't you know no more obviously that's no more waiting well when I hear forearm issue because that's what happened in the rehab he was on the DL for blisters rehab um he went out with forearm issues that freaks me out um, I mean, I would DL him if I have a DL spot. But to me, the bigger bigger story surrounding a guy like Cueto is there was lots of rumors that he was going to be traded by yesterday. And that injury made it obviously impossible for them to move him. So for the Giants, I mean, that's just – they haven't had anything going right for them this year. And that's just another thing to add to their la large laundry list of issues. I mean, they could have potentially gotten something quality for Cueto. Another thing to remember about Cueto is he has that opt-out at the end of this year, but I'm not sure he's going to take it now. Well, I'll tell you one thing. There's no possible way that Johnny Cueto, before this injury or after, was going to, you know, he was going to keep his option. He's not going to get paid by anybody else any more than what he's already guaranteed in San Francisco. And he hasn't played worth a crap all season. So it was unfortunate for San Francisco that they were going to have to pay that next year, really, because he's going to, he's going to absolutely exercise his option. 
He should. He'd be smart to. And yeah, San Francisco has too much money invested in guys that aren't producing for them. You look at Samarja. Uh, I think Lenny was talking yesterday. How did they not move one of Span or Hunter Pence? Um, I'm not sure what they're doing there, but they're in trouble because everyone else in their division is getting better and they're getting worse. Um, they're, well, you know what? They imploded this year. That's, that's that. I'm trying to find on the chatter today what there's something in there about San Francisco and how, you know, the Giants. See, this is what I do. I don't even link the chatter right on read more. There's no link there. How are people supposed to read more if they can't find it? I don't even know where to find it. That's pretty crappy. This is when you know what you got to fix on your website. <laughs> okay. Anyway, good luck trying to find chatter. But the point being is that San Francisco is going to do what they can to rebuild in as short a time as they can. But they are screwed because they don't, they just don't have a lot going for them right now. And they, they know it. It just must really suck. I don't know how they can't really move. They Oh, this is what they said. It's coming to me. They said that. Um, they, they're not done with the trade market that they now understand what other teams value the players that they have because they did put Hunter Pence and a couple other guys out on the market and said that they're going to do what they can to rebuild as quickly as possible. That's really all you can ask from them, you know? Well, it's really nice that they figured it out a day after the non-waiver trade deadline. Isn't that supposed to be figured out months ago or at least a couple weeks ago? No, because for them it doesn't really matter. Like, they know they're not going anywhere, right? This this whole trade deadline thing is a big sh facade anyway because teams can still trade, no problem. You know, it doesn't really get problematic until you trade a guy after August 31st because that's when they can't play, you know, make an appearance in the playoffs. But for San Francisco – they are better off to just kind of – I mean, they would probably give Cueto away, but on guys like Hunter Pence or whatever, they're better off to just hold on to them. They're still going to be trading done over the next month of the season. Oh, there will be for sure, but, I mean, you can put a guy like Pence on waivers. If you don't like what people are, are uh, offering, you can revoke the waiver, or if you just want to get rid of that contract, you can let him go, and the team that picks him up has to pay the rest of that contract, so – the, uh, the waiver deadline is actually a lot more interesting to me because there's so many different options on what these teams can do. Um, yeah. Check it. I'm, I'm not even paying attention to Oh, there's Mariner's Boog Powell. There really is two Boog Powells? They're not kidding. There's really two Boog Powells. Who? Well, you got to figure that this guy's parents must have been Orioles fans in the 60s, had the last name Powell, and decided to name their son Boog. Okay, unless this Boog Pal is like really young and maybe the parents were naming their kid after the old Boog Pal because the Boog Pal that Lenny was talking about is an older guy. I mean, he's got to be older because the picture is like 70s looking. So anyway, this looks like a young Boog Pal, <laughs> like a, a fresh Boog Pal. Let's talk about some players that have been really good since the All-Star breaks, the second half people. Um uh, you know, there's a couple on this list. Number one, the, a couple pitchers that I really love that I've been bragging about all season long, and it's they're just youngsters. Luis Severino's had a – I don't know. It's Nola and Severino. Uh, since the All-Star break, both of them are having – just doing really well. That's along with James Paxton. Um, Sonny Gray, of course. We talked about that this morning. He's only pitched 18 innings, though, since then. I don't know. I'm not. I'm don't. I'm not a believer in Sonny Gray. So tell me what you think about 
Um, Luis Severino, since you're a big fat Yankee fan. <laughs> um, well, Severino, I mean, I think just all year he's been a big surprise uh, after what he did last year. But the strikeouts, the strikeouts have been there. Um, only yesterday was the only start since that also break. He didn't go at least seven innings. Um, yeah, yeah. Gone, he had some issues with some walks yesterday. Uh, I think the most since the middle of June, he had three walks. So that obviously doesn't help. But um, he's he's been fantastic, I think. Well, um, what do you think about – do you think that they're going to try to limit his innings? I don't think that they are personally, but – that's been rumored. I, you know, they got Jaime Garcia now. They added Sonny Gray. Is this to limit these kids' innings, or uh, maybe it's to limit Sabathia think, or Tanaka? I, <laughs> I don't know. I think what it is is to limit Jordan Montgomery because now he's going to be out of the rotation yeah. with the addition of both Garcia and Gray. So Montgomery can either go to the bullpen, be sent down to the minors. And I guess the beautiful part is for the Yankees is with injury-prone guys like a Tanaka, like a CC Sabathia, they can afford to do this because now if something happens to them, they can bring Montgomery back up. They have Chance Adams in the minors. So they well, have it. a lot of options. Still. Yeah, I mean, check it check it out what they did. They, they have a really shady starting rotation with Tanaka. He's also pitching very well lately. Um, CC's been just good enough to get through it but Jaime Garcia adding I don't know about that the Yankees have one of the probably the most hitter friendly park in baseball and uh so I don't well, Jaime I, Garcia Andrea he's he relies a lot on a sinking fastball he's not overpowering at all but if he if he's using that sinking fastball well he could survive in Yankee Stadium as long as he can avoid the fly balls well he's a ground ball pitcher isn't he so that's kind of he like... is, and and that's kind of what Sonny Gray's become too. I think it was either B Don or Donkey Teeth. I think yesterday, maybe it was Paul actually. One one of those three whiz kids out there yesterday in the chat room brought up uh, Sonny Gray's ground ball rate being at a career high this year. So that's definitely promising for the Yankees because uh, if you look at him in the past, it often he had a bad ground ball rate, but he kind of struck me as a guy who could give up a lot of fly balls and get a lot of home runs hit against him in Yankee Stadium and just in AL East ballparks in general. On this list of pitchers that have been pitching very well since the break, it's got Luis Severino, it has Sonny Gray, it has Jaime Garcia on the list, it also has uh, Tanaka, and so this Yankees club has been hitch pitching very well lately, but um, it's kind of like one of those – it's one of those teams where you're like, you could just see it imploding at any second. Uh, I don't think that you're right about, I mean, I do think that you're right about Jordan Montgomery, that they're trying to definitely limit his innings. Uh, there's talk about them trying to limit Severino's innings or what, you know, what are they going to do with this guy? Because they'll probably limit his innings. And I always said that they would not l limit the innings, but the really the, what it comes down to the most, I think that is that if they need him, they're going to pitch him, right? So if they have the option to give a guy rest and let him reduce his innings, they're not going to do that if they need the pitcher. They're just not. The Yankees are not built for that. If they need you, you're pitching, right? Absolutely. I mean, Severino's been their best pitcher from the beginning of the season to right now. They can't afford to not have him 
pitching. And last season, there was a lot of talk about the Blue Jays doing something similar with Aaron Sanchez. They let Aaron Sanchez pitch, and yeah, he's been injured this year, but that's been a blister issue. He hasn't had shoulder or arm issues, to my knowledge. So if I'm the Yankees, I'm letting Severino go as often as I possibly can. He's my most trustworthy pitcher right now. And I think Lenny asked either this morning or yesterday about um, who's going to pitch that wild card game for the Yankees if they get there. And I said CeCe just because of the veteran presence, but based on numbers and what they've done this year, it's got to be a guy like Severino. Well, or I mean, Tanaka has uh, the most experience. I love Severino. I love the fact that he just, it seems to me that he matured mentally a lot over the past uh, winter. And I think that because he worked with, um, you know, the guy from the Reds. Okay. Why is his name not coming? Your to boy, me? Pedro Martinez. Yes, right? it's Pedro, your daddy. That's what it, He's your daddy. Anyway, he took your boy Severino in under his wing this winter and worked with him. And he said that his confidence level is much better. That I, I could see it from the minute that I saw him the first time this season, that he was like a different pitcher. So I love it. I think that's great. Aaron Nola. Literally, I have a league that is a $200 league. It's 15 teams. So the first place team gets quite a chunk of money. Plus, the bragging rights are unbelievable in this league. And I'm in third place right now. I traded Kluber for Aaron Nola, but I needed – there was more pieces to that. But in my head, Kluber uh, – Nola has to perform – I mean, somewhere very good in order for me to win this league. And, you know, maybe not Kluber completely, but he has to finish real good. And he's on fire right now. And I love it. He's, you know, since the break, he's got a 1.42 ERA. It's right next to Kluber. Kluber actually has a 3.3 ERA since in the second half. Since I guess that would be since the All-Star break. So... That was a risky trade that I did, and th these are the types of risks that you have to do in fantasy or you just can't win. Yeah, you have to be proactive. You can't be reactive. You have to be proactive. And Nola has been excellent, really, since the beginning of June. He had one terrible start against the Diamondbacks in June. But other than that, he's been lights out. And this month, in particular, since July 3rd. Let me tell you the has... problem, though. Let me tell you the problem with Nola. The problem is his the amount of runners that are being left on base, basically that they're ready to score but not they don't get a chance to score. That's not good. It's 98.9%. That's not good. That is definitely there's no possible way that that is sustainable. Same well Chris Sale it might be sustainable cuz it's Chris Sale. I mean, he's got 100% of batters left on base. He's got a 0 ERA though since the break. Can you imagine? I actually can't imagine just because I watch him pitch all the time. He's he's got to be the best pitcher in baseball right now, Chris Sale. I mean, there's 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 nothing even close to what he's doing. Oh no, absolutely not. There is nothing. He's he's been doing very good. So that's great for them. Let's talk about a. Do you have any more pitchers? Were we supposed to talk about another pitcher or two um, that's doing I well? Think, I think we were going to talk about Lance Lynn and Gio Gonzalez. Okay, I got it. Um, let me say something about Lance Lynn. I'm glad you brought it up. I was arguing this morning about whether or not Lance Lynn is a better pitcher than Sonny Gray. And, of course, I think that Lance Lynn is great because I'm probably kind of biased because he helped me win leagues this year that I probably wouldn't have been able to otherwise. So I, anybody that owns him and drafted him is probably a little biased. So given that, I looked up the two and I compared them on fan, fan graphs. And I have to say that I'm 
you know, Sonny Gray is younger. He is trending upward. Lynn has some really underlying, you know, some bad underlying signs that tell me that he is about ready to fall flat on his face. And he's been doing that for a while now. I mean, if he can come anywhere near what, how long Edwin Jackson, or wait, was it Ed, Irvin Santana went without, you know, by being able to rely on just metrics that say you are not this guy. You know, he did that for a long time, over a year. <laughs> Finally, you get to a point where you're like, is this guy for real, man? He just can't. I mean, you wait and wait and wait for him to blow up. And I think that's what's going to happen to Lynn. So I take it back. I um, I was wrong. You were right. That kind of thing, Lou. Go ahead. Well, the, well I mean. <laughs> With, with Lynn, he has been really good in July. Um, if you're going to compare him to Sonny Gray, if you just look at the numbers, I mean, maybe he's there. But then when you look at age, you look at um, controllable years, at least from a like a Major League Baseball standpoint, Gray definitely has more value. The issue for Gray has always been injuries, though. And, yeah, you know, he's going to help the Yankees, no doubt. But he could also get injured this year and – be off injured the next two years too. And then all of a sudden that trade's not looking so good for them. Whereas with Lynn, I mean, obviously anyone can get hurt, but uh, Lynn's a free agent at the end of this year. I think another reason why maybe he's pitching so well in July, maybe, you know, pitching for that big contract. Here's and what I'm this doing. He's a guy who could, he could get big money if he continues at this pace. If I'm the Yankees, I am taking Lynn over uh, gray. That's my still, I still believe that. Even though Gray might be the up-and-coming better pitcher, I believe that going in when you're going to rely on a guy, you rely on the guy that pitched 200 innings for like four or five years straight, and just is a you know you pitch you take a chance on a guy like Lynn that is seasoned, and that that does come into play. It he is going to get a good contract, and I'm happy for that. So. Sonny and Sonny Gray could be a decent pitcher. He could be. It's like I I don't know if I've really seen it yet. I'm still a lot sketchy on him. I didn't even realize how um, good he was pitching. And so I just you know it it takes me a little while to give a guy credit. I guess I just have to see it for a little bit longer than that. James Paxton, another guy, dude. The injury bug is just waiting around the corner all the time. Yeah, James Paxton's been good all year, too. That was a guy they were waiting for in Seattle. Um, he had his own injury issues, but he's a lefty, big lefty, throws really hard. A um, couple questions here, I think, in the chat room, Andrea. Someone, yeah. I think Don Donkey Teeth wants to know who you got as well. When you got Nola, who else did you get? I got Stanton and Odor. So that those are two hitters that have just, oh my gosh, literally they caught me up in RBIs. I was last in RBIs and I was second to last in home runs. And I really needed, a, I mean, people were looking at the stats and saying, you don't even have a chance to catch RBIs. Look how much they are ahead of you, like 30 or 40 RBIs to just catch the next guy. But ever since I caught them, now I'm just like moving up. I, I just love it. Every day I go to that league and I just, sit there and stare at it <laughs> i'm just kidding but i got stanton and odor and nola and i gave up kluber and inciarte and you know looking at it now you could say the that's a great trade that is a great trade it was a good trade for me although it was pretty risky but that's what you have to do you have to take risks that bottom line you have to take risks now with paxton i'm a big i am a big believer that 
you guys like this don't just go from 100 innings or 120 innings to 200 in a season because he's never pitched a full season and he's he's so ready to he, he I just he's having a good streak right now and he is very good when he pitches but he's honestly just too much of a an injury prone for me to believe it let's look at the hitters what do you think looking at hitters I know one of the, the first one that comes to my mind because I was actually surprised when I saw it today was Odubel Herrera in the second half he's hitting like crazy he's actually when you pull up on fan graphs the second half hitters the leaderboard he's at the top of the leaderboard and he has the highest war of any hitter since the um all-star break uh let's see what is he doing but his batting average is oh no his batting average on balls in play is 462 so that's not sustainable but anyway you like what he's doing he's hit five home runs 12 rbis and that's really what i need for Nola to be successful is for these youngsters to say, okay, like we're out of it. Um, now we can finally just get to know each other, start to get along because to me, the Phillies just never clicked this year. Like Mikel Franco, he could be good. I still believe in him. Odubel Herrera, I still, obviously I believe in him, but I love what he's doing. Well, yeah, he's been tearing the cover off the ball since the all-star break. That five home runs is not something I don't think anyone could have expected. He's not much of a power guy. Um, I like him more as a one or two hitter in that lineup. He's definitely he's definitely getting a lot of hits, but I'm with you. I don't think that uh, balls in play average is going to be able to stay. And one thing I don't, I'm not so sure about with him is why isn't he stealing any bases? Because he should be know. stealing a lot of bases. He doesn't have one steal all month. I'm not really sure why he's not stealing bases, but is he trying to? Because he likes to get caught. Um, well, he, I, according to what I'm looking at here, he hasn't even attempted one all month, which oh. is a little shocking to me. And from a fantasy standpoint, uh, for a guy who you don't expect to hit the home runs and necessarily drive in a lot of runs, you're looking for batting average and speed, and he's not really producing what you're expecting him to. Although he has hit those homers this month, as you alluded to, I don't think that's gonna, um, that's not going to stay the way it is. What's the other question in the chat room? Did we have another question? Um, oh, I think uh, B. Don asked, didn't Lynn have Tommy John and miss all of last season? I think he's right. I think yes. uh, he did have Tommy John. But usually after you have that surgery, you're good for about four or five years. Did he have so, Tommy John? I know that he was I, out all season. I think season. he did. Yeah. I think he had Tommy John, but now he's back. Apparently he looks better than he did before. And – um, according to Lenny, Odubel is fast, but he has zero baseball instinct. So that could explain why Odubel, he doesn't steal a lot of bags. Are you kidding me? Odubel Herrera might be completely grounded from stealing bases from here on for the rest of his life. Because he, seriously, at one point, he ran right around the third base coach that was, I mean, literally, body language was obvious. I mean, he had his hand up like, stop! You know, he's screaming at him, stop, and Odubel runs right around him and then gets called, gets thrown out at home. It was very bad. bad well, yeah, they, they have base coaches there for a reason. You're probably supposed to uh, look at them when, you, when you're rounding that bag. I mean, they get halfway down. They're almost, they're almost beating you to home plate when they're trying to hold you up. So, I mean, uh, yeah, that's, he's, he's a bit of a bonehead type player, but the skill is there. He still is relatively young, I think, so maybe he can work on that. But um, the, lack, the lack of stolen bases, in my opinion, is what hurts his fantasy value overall. Donkey Teeth asks, once Kitten is back, would you rather have him or LeMayhew? LeMayhew's been hitting really well lately. He got to a slow start. I'd rather have LeMayhew, I think, just who? based on 
than Jason Kipnis. LeMahieu at least is hitting well now, and you got to always take that Coors Field um, effect into yeah. consideration too. I, I'm going to choose based on just the fact that he's a Rocky. So he's – I mean, he's he is what he is, but definitely being a rookie is helping him. I don't know about Kipnis, what he's doing. I don't own either one of these guys on my team, so I can't really say. Um, the uh, who else? The, obviously, Altuve's been on fire, breaking records in for Houston. Like um, it's in chatter today. Uh, but and Harper hit seven. He's hit seven home runs. Same with Smoke. Seven homers in the second half, dude. Are you kidding me? Smoke is out of control. Just killing it but what about a guy like um i own in my in tout wars andrelton simmons he's got two homers and a stolen base since the all-star break but guess what um this guy isn't really all about getting a bunch of home runs or a bunch of stolen bases he's all about getting on base and his um on base percentage and his batting average they have been really helpful in that league um you know just some players aren't going to be like great at both Here's the thing. Here's another one. Tommy Pham. What do you think of him? See, Tommy Pham, I really like him and Whit Merrifield. I know we were going to talk about them both. Um, Pham has been really good this year, and I kind of came out of nowhere. Him and Paul DeJong, whatever, yeah. his, however you pronounce his name. Love they've it. Both been, they've both been really, really special for the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, I think Pham can sustain this too. I mean – um, he's, he's done it all season long and he's gotten better as the season's progressed too. He's made all the necessary adjustments. Um, and a guy like DeJong as well. I don't know if he, if his as is as sustainable. I haven't seen as much of him. I know he's been really helpful in daily fantasy sports, um, formats. I've used him a lot in my lineups, but then with Whit Merrifield, how about this Whit Merrifield kid? Um, he's got some power. He, he, he steals bases. Um, he's kind of doing everything. And you also, you can use him in the outfield. You can use him in the middle. You can use him at second base. Plus he I bats like, lead I off. like his versatility. Yeah, plus he bats leadoff. And now with the Royals' move of bringing in Melky Cabrera, I mean, you get this guy on, he can steal a bag. Lorenzo Cain can drive him in. Melky can drive him in. Hosmer, Salvi, Moustakis. I mean, there's a lot of run production there for a guy like Whit Merrifield. And it's interesting because he never put up numbers like this in the minors, really. He, he was not that great of a ball player in the minors, but he's, last year he came up and had some success. This year he started okay. a little slowly, but he's been a lot better than, since, I guess, maybe the beginning of May. And his average just continues to climb and climb and climb, producing all across the board Wait. all five of the big categories of fantasy. So Whit Merrifield, right, he came up last season and he – he hit last season. He, I mean, he hit 280. So he had 311 at bats at the major league level. That was after three seasons of triple a or two and a half seasons of triple a. Um, he hits better at the major league level than he does in the minors, but he's, I don't know. He definitely is. Um, he's 28 years old. So, you know, he's kind of older and, I just I love the fact that he bats leadoff. I love the fact that he plays for Kansas City, who are trying really hard to turn around their season from when it started. I like it. People um, aren't that 
they're not that uh, confident in Paul DeJong from the Cardinals, and I understand why, because when you like go to a site like Rotowire or Fangraphs, they don't even have any kind of outlook written for um, these this player. He's a rookie. He's 23, you know, so he's young, but nobody was even talking about this guy at the beginning of the season. Um, <clears throat> I didn't even know who he was at the beginning of the season. I had no idea who he was. So, yeah. Nobody was talking about him, but I love it. 14 homers, 287. Are you kidding me? That's wonderful. You got to love that. So these- yeah, and I mean, if, if, the, if the Cardinals had any consistency on offense, his RBI numbers would be a lot higher, too. Um, I mean, he doesn't have a lot to work with there. They haven't really been clicking at all this year offensively or in their starting rotation. But you got to figure if Piscotty was having the season that they expected him to have, if Carpenter was having a bit of a better season. Um, I, I, I think that this guy would be able to kind of have a more production than he even has. And it's interesting because everyone was talking about Aledmus Diaz for the Cardinals. He was supposed to be their shortstop. He was supposed to be the next big thing. He's in the minors right now, sitting around, have doing nothing for fantasy owners. And Paul DeJong, whoever was smart enough to pick this guy up, I did. is only 23 years old. Whoopee. He's 23. He's got a bright future. Yeah, but nobody was talking about him. That's that's really it. But the Cardinals have a way. They have a way. They had a way with look at Fam. Look what he's doing. If only just Matt Carpenter would hit more consistently, that would really help me out, you know, as and all that. But, you know, whatever. What are you going to do? So, what what's our next topic to talk about? I Let's go over to some waiver wire um, some waiver wire moves. We got Derek we're Fisher. Talk about, yeah, Fisher. So, he's he's a guy I love right now. Me too. I really like it. So go ahead. I mean, now that spring, he was not that. Nobody really knew if he was going to continue to get a full time at bats when Springer comes back, but now he should. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why they also moved Aoki out of uh, of Houston. I mean, they wanted Liriano obviously for their bullpen, but moving Aoki out also provides more at bats for a guy like Fisher, who obviously has tremendous upside. And um, it also allows them not to have to rush a guy like Springer back. The way Fisher's been hitting right now, he's hitting the leadoff. He's got power. Um, and, I mean, he can drive in runs. He's great on base percentage. Um, and he showed that in the minors, too. I mean, his minor league numbers are some, you know, are something special. 21 homers, 66 ribbies in only 84 games. I mean, um, he was tearing the cover off the ball. He was too good to be down there. So it, it was about time that they called him back up. Um, I mean, the power's obviously going to come even more so. I wonder if he can hit lefties. That's what I wonder. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why they have Jake Marisnik there, I think, right now. But, um, and he, I mean, honestly, of, he wasn't... kind of a platoon. He wasn't really supposed to be the, you know... He wasn't really supposed to be all this good, you know, this season. I think that they were really planning on next season, but they've been pretty aggressive with getting him through their system, and he has just been good at every stage of the game. So the fact that he now will have – you know, I would rather a guy that can't hit lefties. I would rather him not have everyday at-bats. I would rather him sit on the bench against a lefty because – he looks so much better of a player when um, he's only hitting righties. You know, if he if you throw this guy hits, he's only had nine at bats against lefties. Okay, that's it, and so that's what we have to go by. He's batting 111 against them though, and he's batting 375 against righties. He's had 32 at bats. I don't know. It's kind of like just a big, you know, maybe it's a red flag that I'm looking at now. 
and just keep it in mind. I certainly wouldn't play him against a lefty if he's, you know, in daily game. That will probably – I wouldn't either. That will probably come with age and experience, though. I mean, two guys I like to discuss here with that same issue or had that same issue is a guy like Curtis Granderson a guy like D.D. Gregorius. They both struggled earlier in their career against lefties and since then have really figured it out. So Fisher's young. He's got a lot of time to, to figure that out. The what? thing about Fisher is he had also had 16 stolen bases in the minor leagues. I mean, it's not a ton, but he definitely has some speed. He hasn't shown that yet so much in the majors, but that could be something that um, can definitely help you from a fantasy perspective if he does start to steal, especially in that leadoff spot. Well, he's tried to steal three times in 47 plate appearances, so that's quite a bit. Um, he, he's he been caught twice, and he has been successful one time, so I'm not that concerned. But yes, it makes a big difference about his value. Um, he's 21 homers and 16 stolen bases. That's that's pretty darn good. That was at AAA this, this season, so... You gotta like yeah, it. Yeah, and he's he's a patient hitter too. He was uh, over 380 on base percentage um, in the minors. He's over 400 in the majors. I mean, it's only 11 games, but he's been patient too. You don't always see that from young hitters either. What about another young guy that just got called up by the Mets, Ahmad Rosario? Oh gosh, let's get it over with because I feel like this poor. I, I don't know. I'm just annoyed at his name at this point. They're gonna bring him up now, but they didn't get rid of one of the people that they said they needed to get rid of to bring him up. So what the hell are they gonna do? I guess Jose Reyes gets benched for now because he's day to day anyway with some kind of ailment. But it's just ridiculous that the Mets they don't get rid of their whole reason. I mean, it really was to uh, appease Estrubal Cabrera, I think, because he's annoyed that they're not talking about extending his contract. So he's annoyed if he has to change any position. So it's like, why would I do anything for you if you're not going to, you know, you don't even want me next year. So you're pretty much, you know, I'm doing nothing, basically. That's the that's the attitude that he's put off. And so the Mets say, you know, they never said this out, like specifically, there's not a Mets manager that came out and said, we're leaving Ahmed Rosario down in the minors because uh, Estrubal Cabrera is too much of an asshole to switch positions, right? So, but that's pretty much, we think, what's going on here. Um and then they, you know, it's like, well, we're going to get rid of one of these guys so that um, we can call up this Rosario. But none of them went. None of them went. The Mets. But buy- the Mets, the Mets owe nothing to Neil Walker, Jose Reyes, Esdrubal Cabrera, Wilmer Flores, whoever it's going to be in that infield. They owe nothing to those guys. They what? have to start looking towards the future. So it's about time they brought up Rosario. I mean. Are he, they going to give him every could day? Be the most they should. He's probably the most dynamic infielder they have now. He's got he can hit for power, average. We'll see what he does speed. when he, he gets to the majors. Stolen bases. He had 19 stolen bases in the minors. Another yeah. guy that right. can bring you that power and speed combination. Yeah, but Lou, and, we haven't seen him do anything in the major league yet. We don't even know if the guy can hit the ball. We don't even know if he could hit major league pitching. Maybe he'll pee his pants or something. I don't know. I kidding. mean, it's possible, but if you're talking from a fantasy perspective, you want to get him before he does anything. Because if he comes up and this week has two home runs and four steals, everyone's going to be on him. You want to get him now before everyone else jumps on him. Okay, that's probably true, but it's too late now. I mean, it's too late now. If you didn't get him, you're you're probably not going to get him. Let's talk about Brent Suter. This guy is only owned in 45% of... Fantrax leagues and 20% of ESPN leagues. Now, this information I got um, yesterday. So, 
or two days ago. I got it on Sunday. It could have changed by now. There was a waiver wire pickup in between the time I got this and now. But I really hope that he's still out there because he doesn't pitch this week until tomorrow. Um, he's a brewer pitcher, and he's absolutely on fire right now. He's got a 1.53 ERA and a 1.08 whip um, over his last 17 innings. Last 14 games, which was three games pitched. So last six games pitched, last six, he's got a 1.45 ERA and a .97 whip. So the guy's been pitching great all season long, and he's just, I can't believe that he's not being owned. He only has an 86-mile-an-hour fastball. Yeah, and I mean, I, I like those guys. I, I'm kind of sick of the whole you have to throw in the mid to high 90s to be successful in Major League Baseball. I don't think that's the case. And with Suter, the only thing that hurts him a little bit is his lack of strikeouts. Um, he's way under strikeout per inning. So I from mean, a fantasy perspective, that's not going to help you. But, of course, his whip is pretty great, great ERA. And with a Brewers lineup that can – put runs on the board and a pretty solid bullpen as well, especially with some of the additions they made. Um, he's going to be in line for, for wins and against a relatively weak division outside of the Cubs. Um, yeah. I mean, so he's, he was actually okay in, in the minors this year. He had a nine, he was striking out nine batters per nine innings. So that, you know, that's totally acceptable. But before this season, he hardly struck out anybody, which is interesting. I would have to look him up on fan graphs to get a little bit deeper on him, but I didn't even really feel the need to get on fan graphs and look at all of his, um, because the basic underlying stats are good on him. He is, they are Andrea, he, but if you look at his, at his, um, numbers in the PCL, we know that that's a very hitter friendly league. In AAA, but his ERA was almost four and a half, a whip of almost 1.4. I mean, he didn't have that success in the minor leagues. So you can make the argument for a guy like Suter that at some point the league is going to catch up to him, especially because he doesn't have the overpowering stuff. Oh, yes, you can definitely always make that argument because that argument stands for anybody at any time. You know, um, He's, he's been great, though. He's, he's been great. I mean, I, I would certainly ride him as long as I possibly can. If he's pitching like this, uh, there's no reason that he shouldn't be on rosters, especially with all the injuries to the starting pitchers this year. Everyone needs pitching, whether it be in real baseball or in fantasy baseball. What about a guy like Shane Green? Um, yeah. Hasn't closed before but is going to get the first shot, according to manager Brad Osmus. He said um, yesterday following the trade of Justin Wilson that Green is going to be the guy to get the first opportunity. He will be looking over his shoulder, though, at uh, Tigers prospect Joe Jimenez, who was also called up following the, those trades. So Green will get the first shot. Do you trust Green? Do you think he's worth the add? Or would you rather add a guy like Jimenez because you're likely not going to be able to add both. So if you're going to add one or the other, who is it going to be? Is it going to be the guy who has a job right now or the guy yeah. who will likely take over the job? No, I'm absolutely taking Green. Um, I, you know, I think that he's much better at, in the bullpen than he was a starter. And there's a lot of guys like that nowadays. There's a lot of guys that are effectors that can come in and they can just take care of business. They can pitch more than one inning. And I don't know how he's going to do as a closer – 
but I will tell you that I spent a good chunk of my fab budget on getting him because I'm looking for a guy that's going to get me some saves straight up. I'm going to look for a guy that's going to get me five saves. I mean, Brad Ziegler was available. There was all kinds of uh, closers available this week um, with the trades that have gone on and stuff like that. But And I don't know if I trust Ziegler more than green to get five saves because i mean the leash there is super short you know what i mean and green has been excellent all season he's got a you know much better than he was as a starter much better and he reminds me a lot of a guy i know we're both pretty fond of in chad green of the yankees a guy who was used to be a starter now in the bullpen and what green's done in the bullpen for the Yankees this year has been remarkable. And yeah, yeah, Green, yeah. Green, is, Green has earned his his right to get this job. Okay. He's been fantastic this year, much more consistent than a guy like Ziegler. Your boy Green, your Chad boy Green, Yankee hood over there. Um, I picked him up a couple weeks ago because of his number. They were so good, and I was really – I was getting to a point where I was – I'm certain that I'm going to get the minimum innings pitched in this league. You know, at this point you can kind of tell where you stand. And when you have, when you know that you're going to make your minimums, sometimes it's a good idea to bench uh, starters or players, you know, pitchers that are kind of shady and maybe put in a guy like your friend, Chad green, who's really not my friend anymore because ever since I picked him up, he's been pitching crappy. The guy's got like a 10 ERA. I mean, I granted, I haven't given him that long on my roster, but he, has been such a disappointment. All I need him to do is go in there and strike out batters and get the outs, but no. Yeah, he had a bit of a tough weekend against the Rays, and if you have the short sample size, then yeah, his ERA is going to be high there for sure. Um, what about Jonathan Lucroy? I know that coming into the year, a lot of people were high on him, obviously, after what he did last year with Texas, Texas and the Brewers, obviously, before he got traded there. As good as he was last year, he's been just as bad this year. But getting moved to Colorado entering a playoff race gotta think that there is a boost to his value people can argue yeah texas is a hitter's ballpark but colorado there's nothing like colorado in the, the big leagues something's got to give with this guy he's in the contract year he can make himself a boatload of money from having a solid two months here in colorado helping them get into the playoffs maybe having a good playoffs too if the rockies can make a run so a lot of people gave up on him, at least in one catcher type. Okay, leads. yeah, but I'd be looking to add him. Well, if you're, uh, that's that's fine if you want to add him, but he's going to be just as bad as any other catcher that you add at this point. But honestly, he's 31 years old and he's been having uh, 500 at bats for, I mean, a full season of at bats for a lot of quite a few years for a catcher. You just catchers don't sustain that long and. He, if he's in a contract year, he's in trouble because he, they're going to pay him like, you know, they're going to pay him what catchers get in their 31 first year of life. And it's not very much because they really need these guys to be young behind the plate. And so anyway, um, this season he's been horrible. And if he did get dropped and you own, um, I don't know, I own Alex Avila, another kid, another guy that just was a huge surprise as far as fantasy goes and I was super lucky to get what I did out of him but you know lately he's been in a huge slump he just got traded to the cubbies he's not going to get every day at bats anymore because he's a backup but maybe that could be a good thing you know I mean sometimes these catchers if they play every day they they're, they're just going to hurt you and if their batting average is what normal catching batting average is they play every day they're going to actually have an impact on your on your points and it's going to hurt you know it hurts so 
in the catching spot again, I would rather have a guy that only hits a couple days a week and hits well than a guy that hits every day and crappy. From a roto standpoint, absolutely. You want the guy that's producing when he plays. Is if you have a guy like Luke Roy in your lineup every single day, at least the way he's been playing, you have an under 300 OBP, 240 batting average, and he's not producing anywhere else either. I just like the move to Colorado. I think it could give him some sort of injection. And if you don't have a good catcher, if you need some help at catcher, it's definitely worth the risk to pick this guy up is he could get hot. And um, then you're yeah. picking yourself later if you don't. I love the fact that he's Colorado. I mean, how can you not, right? So, and I love, you know, um, but Zunino, Mike Zunino, sometimes, I mean, I own Mike Zunino on a league, couple leagues probably. It's, you know, his batting average is horrible, but he hits home runs, you know, home run here, home run there all throughout the week. And it makes it worth owning a crappy batting average like that. Who else did you want to talk? Who else are we going to? I don't know if there's anyone else. I don't know if there's anyone else really on the waiver wire, but I think we were going to do some playoff predictions, which is always fun. Although I don't think I'm going to be going out on much of a limb here. I have Harrison Bader. He he just got sent down to the minors. Oh, why did Dexter Fowler? Did Dexter Fowler come Uh, back? Piscotti. Piscotti was activated, and they sent Bader down. Oh. All right. So that kind of. But I I did like him too. Um, Donkey Teeth says. Ozzy Albies is getting the call. That's interesting. That that could be a that could be a really good pickup for somebody too. Been waiting for him to get that call. Absolutely. Where's he gonna play? Let me look him up real quick. Sorry, I should have known. Things are happening these days. Yesterday, two days somewhere, ago, somewhere he'll be playing somewhere in the uh, in the infield. I would assume. I just gonna, don't know where. Well, I don't either because Brandon Phillips has been doing well. See, Matt Kemp is stinking. I mean, he's out right now, but he's been stinking. So that's... Well, Dansby Swanson is in the minors, so he could probably fill in at shortstop there. I don't know much about Johan Camargo, the guy who the Braves currently have at shortstop. Oh, yeah. Um, Let's see what he's going to do. That's the guy who's been playing there. Actually, he hasn't been too bad, Camargo, but... Um, I think having Ozzy Albies, it's, it, it's about time. He's to 20, get him up dude. There. He, yeah, he's exciting. He's 20 years old. He's, you know, it's fun. I am a fan of Brandon Phillips, and what he's done this season is is more than anybody really expected from him. But there was an argument to be made earlier in the season that Ozzy Albies was going to be called up when he was ready, regardless of, you know, they were going to call him up when he was ready. That didn't matter. They were going to find a spot for him, but. Um, See, what's interesting, Andrew, is Camargo has been really good, and Lenny just said he's been getting rave reviews. Camargo is a third baseman, I believe, by trade, and it's interesting because we know that Freddie Freeman's over there currently, but we might see maybe Freeman will switch back to first base so that Ozzie Albies can play it short and they can still get Camargo in the lineup. I mean, if, if I'm the Braves, I'm looking for um, to give these younger guys a chance at this point Matt Adams has been good for me he's done what he's done but he's not part of the future I'd get Freddie Freeman back to his original position at first I'd have Aussie Albies at short and I'd move Camargo over to third base which is again his natural position well okay so I don't yeah I don't know what Camargo has been doing but I just looked at Matt Adams and you know the honeymoon is quite over there for him it's not horrible but he hasn't really been doing anything you know for a little while we'll see what happens i know they're going to get him playing time i believe also that they're going to continue to give brandon phillips playing time so we'll have to see but and i don't even know if ozzy albies is going to get everyday play we don't know that but you know what like we said before uh, i would think i would think he will otherwise i don't think they'd call him up it's 
in my opinion, it's kind of uh, it's it's kind of a a bad situation if you're going to bring up a young kid like that. You got to give him every day at bats because that's the only way they're going to get better. If he's not going to get every day at bats, he should be in the minor leagues, continuing to get them. So I expect them to play him every single day. Donkey Teeth says if you need steals, definitely grab Albies. I would have to agree with that. Another the, yeah, guy I mean, on, here, our, he, on our waiver wire with some speed upside. Yeah, yeah. So. Lenny was making a point the other day, wanted me to put it in the thoughts uh, section, but I couldn't figure out how to word it right so that the point got across properly. And he was talking about the fact that, wait, did I already say this? That if you get a guy that steals bases and you get a guy that saves games, you're going to catch up easier. You only need one guy for those things to happen. You don't need like um, three or four guys stealing bases because not a lot of stolen bases going on this year. That's the opposite with home runs. You shouldn't go out looking for a guy that's going to get you some home runs because unless you're, you know, really close and you're really close to moving up several spots, then it's, you're going to have to rely on all of the rest of your team to hit home runs too, or more than one player. You know, you can actually pick up a guy like Albies. If he steals five bases, you can move up like three points. Perhaps. Oh yeah, speed and speed, uh, stolen bases and saves are the easiest to climb in in rotisserie. Absolutely. Right now um, they are. We we yeah we've heard that a number of times and we'll keep preaching that because that is that is that is overlooked sometimes. Everyone is still obsessed with the home run, but everyone is hitting home runs. Twenty home runs nowadays is nothing special. It's almost expected. I agree. Um, who else did you have on your? I had uh, Parker Bridwell. From the Angels. Parker Bridwell on the Angels. Yeah, he's he's been really good, actually. He kind of came out of nowhere, too. Um, kind of keeping the Angels somewhat relevant, actually, in the uh, in the wild card race, especially losing Garrett Richards, having guys like Heaney and Skaggs on the on the DL pretty much all year. Um, that's he, he's been really good. I don't know if it's sustainable, but for now, I would ride him too. There's a lot of pitchers right now who are in a groove and. Um, I'm, I'm picking them all up. I mean, even a guy like Ian Kennedy of the Royals who got off to such a bad start has been pretty good lately too. Ian Kennedy? No, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm not an Ian Kennedy fan, but he's been good lately and he pitches in a, he pitches in that, um, in that pretty pitcher friendly park, great defense. Kansas City's helped their offense out a little bit. Might, might be a guy that can help you, but I like Bridwell right now um, over him. I've picked up Bridwell in a league or two. I've picked up Suter, who we mentioned, in a league or two, and suggested those guys to other people who come to me for advice. So I hope those guys continue to, to do well because I like to give advice and have it pan out rather than it not. Is that you always hear from people when you give them bad advice, but never when you give them good advice. Oh, well, I find it the exact opposite. Well, I just don't listen mostly, but people do remember when you say something that's kind of crazy and, uh, you know, it actually works out. But they definitely remember when you don't, too. Like, uh, who was my last just big – what? Uh, Annabelle Sanchez, he's been horrible at times. People like to remind me of that. Lenny likes to constantly remind me of that, <laughs> that I picked Annabelle Sanchez. We I might stack. I might stack against Annabelle Sanchez tonight in Yankee Stadium. Actually, um, I don't trust him at all. So, so um, you're stacking. I think I'm stacking Yankees tonight against um, against him for sure. Um, not not a big Annabelle Sanchez believer at all. Um, 
Gio Gonzalez has been on fire this year. I love it. He's coming back to life. He's last night he retired 14 batters in a row at one point, and I mean he wasn't he wasn't he um, an out away or two outs away from a no no I think against the Marlins and Dee Gordon broke it up. Maybe all I know is that he had one hit in eight innings, and it did come in the eighth inning. So um, that's that's really good. Last night, Jerickson Profar was pissed off that he wasn't traded, so they kept him out of the lineup yesterday and punished him. How can you be pissed off? I remember Starlin Castro doing this when he was with the Cubbies and they weren't that good, and he was, like, annoyed that he had to be on a team that wasn't a contender, and he, you know? Well, from Profar's standpoint, he's MLB ready. Him being in the minor leagues is a joke, but he's blocked in the in the big leagues. and I mean, they're not going to replace him with – they're not going to replace Andrews, Odor, Beltre, Gala, whoever it might be. They're not going to replace him with Profar. So he's he's blocked there. So I'm actually surprised they didn't try to move him for something. If they're already they were already selling off pieces, I mean to throw a fit is kind of sad. But um, it just isn't going to help. His, you know, it's not going to help his contract. No, you know, no no one wants to acquire. Um, no one wants to acquire a negative Nancy either. You know, they want a good character player and he hasn't shown to be that type of guy. So um, it's definitely going to hurt him, but I wouldn't still wouldn't be surprised if he was moved. He's only 24 years old and four or five years ago, he, he was like the next greatest thing ever and really hasn't panned out for him. He had shoulder issues, missed a bunch of time. Um, there was rumors four or five years ago, the Texas was going to trade this guy. They pretty much could have gotten absolutely anyone in the major leagues for him. And, now they and now they're just looking foolish because they could have gone so much for him and now his value is completely shot. Brad Miller is the starting second baseman now in Tampa. Um, they got rid of Tim Beckham, so uh, Brad Miller. They're going to give him every day, every day time. They say that they've got to get him going, and they wanted to give him a little bit of a career path, or a clearer path to get going. So well, he's he's like every other Tampa Bay Ray, Andrea. Doesn't hit for average, can hit home runs. The yeah, whole team but, is like that. Right. All they do is hit, hit home runs or strike out. It's not going to help them down um, down the stretch. I, I I think that they made a mistake there. I think Tim Beckham could be a really good ball player if given everyday time and everyday at-bats. They brought in Hatchavaria earlier in the year from Miami to block him there. I think Baltimore is going to come out uh, on top of that deal at some point. Well, Tim Beckham will become a good ball player. And I don't, I'm not a big believer in Brad Miller. I know he had that really good power year last year. We've seen that kind of from Lomo and Dickerson this year. Uh, I'm not sure if Brad, Brad Miller is going to be the answer there for Tampa. Well, last year he did get 30 home runs. Number one, that's my number one. This is for fantasy owners only. I mean, for fantasy owners, I would say the Tim Beckham trade was perfectly fine for fantasy guys because we really, you know, we're looking for some hitters that are going to put up stats with Brad Miller playing every day. Um, he should, he should put up some home runs and, you know, like every other Tampa Bay Ray, you, you know, you rely on home runs to stay in the game and they're really trying hard to stay in it. So Brad Miller, um, although he'll probably crush your batting average, he's gonna definitely hit for some power while he's, uh, having that role tim beckham i don't think is that great and not as good as somebody brought him up in the lenny melnick uh, fantasy baseball group on facebook and i looked his numbers up they were talking about how he was ranked high really high you know and i just don't see his ceiling being that high uh we're talking about brad miller still no we're talking about your boy tim beckham 
Oh, Tim Beckham, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess maybe I'm caught up in the fact that he was a really high draft pick, but I, I just I just don't think he's gotten a fair shake at, at the big leagues. He had some injuries at one point, and it kind of you know hampered him getting his opportunities. But I think if he gets the right opportunity, he, he could be a good ball player. Um, maybe not as much of a fantasy impact. He probably has more, definitely has more value as a real baseball player. Um, and he's also not going to get every day at bats, I don't think, in Baltimore either, except for maybe, I think J.J. Hardy actually might have gone back to the DL or is on the DL, so he might be the fill-in there, shortstop there for Baltimore. Um, sometimes guys go to Baltimore and kind of find themselves out, too. You look what happened with Nelson Cruz that year, look what happened with Trumbo last year, so who knows, maybe Tim Beckham rejuvenates his career in Baltimore. Well, his career, I mean, rejuvenates. I don't really know what it ever really was to rejuvenate, but um, he, he's, I agree that, like Trumbo, you brought up Trumbo finding his way there, but I, you know, Trumbo, these guys that hit for power, they're going to succeed in Baltimore, and, you know, that's that's the case, but Tim Beckham, I just don't see it. I mean, he's hit 12 home runs. Let me look at what he did in the minors. I just don't see it. Look at, he's never even had double digit at any level in one season home runs so i don't know last year he hit nine i'm not sure i'm not sure he's ever even had 500 at bats in a full season in the major leagues though either i mean his his sample size has always been short that's why that's why i keep saying every day at bats give this guy a full season to really see what he can do we all know how difficult it is to play two or three times a week you can't really find your groove look at a guy like aaron hicks for instance last year played twice three times a week couldn't hit this year, he was getting everyday playing time in New York, and he finally kind of showed what he could do. He's another top draft pick that, you know, established himself a little later in his career. That's all I'm saying. The guy needs yeah. to get a full season of 500-plus at-bats before we can really say he's good or he's not. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I should say – I should mention that Clayton Kershaw is out throwing the ball, so that's really great for the Dodgers. I mean, look at – we've really seen some great things happen in this trade deadline, I think. We're almost done with the show today, so I just want to kind of end the note on that fact that it seems that when baseball teams get their fans – they get their fans involved by being active, by doing things. Like you saw the Royals, that you saw Houston, just making sure that they have everything that they need to head into the – stretch the Yankees I mean how could a fan be annoyed at the Yankees when they see that all of the moves that they're making um there's teams that didn't make any moves that think that they're fine I mean and maybe they are fine but a good way to get fans behind you is to just be active and show that you're actually that you care you know unlike I mean teams like the Mets who just they're so random that they just their fans have every right to be just pissed off all the time you know or but you don't see the Cardinals fans that pissed off I mean you don't see the um, Giants fans that pissed off because they're used to just uh, watching their team do what they have to do to, to win to win games eventually if it can't be now but some the Angels manager still thinks that they have a chance to win the Angels manager thinks that they still have a chance to get to the playoffs which to me is like living in your own fantasy land yeah, well, I mean, what else is Mike Socha supposed to say, Andrew? Is he supposed to come out of the media and say, no, no my team, my team's shot, my team's done this year? No, I this mean, came he, from— He has to say it. No, well, he—I don't care what he says because he's the pro- part of the problem. He's part of the problem here. But it wasn't just—it wasn't at social level. It was at Billy Epler level, the GM, saying that, you know, we didn't have any good reason to sell the—have a fire sale because— we still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. And I just think that, you know, that's annoying. 
But Mike Sosha is annoying too. And the Mets are annoying, but it's not Terry Collins that annoys me. It's like above Terry Collins. It's, you know, right below Will Pond. Who's the dude that runs the Mets? What's his name? Uh, Alderson? Sandy Alderson? Yes, is it still him? Yes, it's Sandy Alderson. He just pisses me off. He's horrible. Yeah, well, I I mean, he still has his job for some reason, but he's he's turned the Mets into a World Series, from a World Series contender to a basement dweller very quickly. Yeah, there's injuries, but everyone has the injuries. Eric Lamarcus asked, do we think Ahmad Rosario's trade value right now, 40 steps a foot onto the field, will be the highest it ever will be? Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Probably. You can say I, that about most of the prospects. I, yeah, I totally agree that it is the highest it's ever going to be right this minute. Um, you know, <laughs> that's absolutely a great question because you know how I feel about it. So real quick, give me two teams. Give me one from the National League and one from the American League that's going to face each other in the World Series based on what we know so far. Well, the National League's an easy pick for me. It's got to be the Dodgers. I thought it was going to be them before they acquired Darvish. Kershaw comes back healthy. That one-two punch in the playoffs is going to be next to impossible to beat. I don't care who they're going up against. In the American League, uh, it's a lot tougher. You want to go with Houston, but I don't trust their pitching staff. I think it's going to be the Cleveland Indians again. Why? Um, I don't think we've seen the best from the Indians yet. I like their starting rotation. I love their bullpen. Another addition of Joe Smith to go in there. Um, Kipnis is going to come back. I just think I think Cleveland is the most complete team in the American League still. Okay, so just uh, the I think that Cleveland. I would love to say Cleveland, but uh, their pitching rotation is in a lot of trouble right now. They got Josh Tomlin on the DL. They got Mike Clevenger. If you own him, you already know that he got his ass handed to him last night. Andrea, uh, all they need is Kluber, Carrasco, and Salazar to be healthy. Well, Those three are again, healthy, they'll be just fine. Kluber's got a 3.83 ERA since the break, and so I just don't. I don't know. I want to believe in the Royals because I just think that they have – they started the season so crappy and they turned it around uh, and they did it without anybody no, – you know, nobody really noticed until now all of a sudden they're, you know, the top team in baseball as far as making moves, being active, and I'm excited about them. I hope that they do well. That's who I'm picking for the American League and for the National League. Uh, I mean, it sucks to say it, but I have to say the Dodgers too, so – you you say Cleveland. It's hard not to pick the Dodgers right now. It's I mean, really hard not to pick them. I could try to pick the Nationals, but I'm so pissed off at them for never. I would never them. take the Nationals. I just don't trust them in the playoffs. The Cubs would be my second choice. What there. about if uh you know that one year that the Nationals decided that they were going to bench and limit Steven Strasburg's innings? That that one year was the one chance that they had to win the World Series. It probably was their one chance to win the World Series. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening. This is Nothing But Fantasy. This is our trial run, me and Lou, new partners. We will see you next Monday. Take care, everyone.